Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Tony, and I am the lead pastor here at Gateway Church. A big shout out to all of you huddled around your phones and your devices and your TVs. As we were singing that song, um, I just felt like the Lord told me just to tell you a message that, you know, in this time of social distancing, this time of being apart, in this time of uncertainty, um, the Spirit of God does not need to practice social distancing. In the Spirit of God, you are never alone. In the Spirit of God, you are never forgotten. In the Spirit of God, you are not overcome. In His presence, there's hope, there's joy, there's peace. There's an eternal love that embraces us every moment of our life. No matter where we're at, no matter where we've been, what we've done, the Spirit of God in Jesus embraces us every moment of our life. So have peace, be calm, be hopeful, and look forward to the day that we will get back to some normalcy. But in the meantime, we lean on the Spirit of God. We embrace Him, and you're never alone. So today we're starting week five of our five-week series called the 30-Day Easter Challenge. Hopefully you've been enjoying, uh, as I have the daily devotionals. We have some other people doing those. I started out the first two or three weeks. Uh, Tamara, my wife, is doing some. Pastor Andy, Pastor Brandon are doing some this week. And uh, this week we're talking about the journey. Uh, This is the journey. If you don't, um, uh, if you have not seen the devotionals, you can go to angolagateway.com slash Easter. They're all there. This next coming week are there. Watch your email. Watch Facebook. They'll be there for links for those. But today we're going to be doing our fifth and final message in this five-week series on the Easter Challenge. Let me just start by asking you a question that maybe you think it's silly and maybe you think it's just like a duh kind of question. But the question is this. Can people really change? And I think that this is a question of our time. I I think, uh, you know, with... This rise in the DNA science and the study and research of DNA. Questions about are we hardwired to be a certain way? Are we hardwired to think a certain way? Are we hardwired to act a certain way? Now they're getting into uh, behavior and how DNA affects that. And the question is, are we simply hardwired to be how we are and we should just accept it or can we really change? You know, the genome sequencing has gotten so easy now. They're doing more and more with it. Did you know, listen, did you know that they can actually edit certain genes? They can go in and edit these genes. It's amazing what they're doing. Researchers have even identified certain genes that are involved in certain diseases and illnesses. And they're trying to learn ways to combat those illnesses and those diseases via genes, your genes. And what about personality? And what about behavior? Now scientists are telling us that there are certain genes that determine, listen, whether you're a procrastinator or not. I need to know about that gene, right? Or they know that there are certain genes or they are researching certain genes that determine whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, whether you're an alcoholic or not. Whether you're a liberal or a conservative, 
They're, fine. They're, they're, they're writing papers and doing research on whether or not even genes affect that. And they even have now the possibility of a gene that will determine if you are an adulteress or not. Before you get married, you should do that gene test, right? All of this raises the question, are we genetically wired to be, to think, to behave a certain way? Should we just settle in to how our genes determine who we are? Or can we change? Can I change? Is change possible? In my experience as a pastor, in my experience of being around uh, in business and being around the church and all of this, I think people can change. I've seen it with my own eyes. Raise your hand if you know someone that has changed. Right. We all do. We know what they were like before, and now we know what they're like today. And there has been a big change. Here are a few famous examples that maybe you didn't know. How many of you know Gene Simmons? Yeah, the, the lead singer of Kiss, right? How many have heard of Gene Simmons? You know, I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. I know you're surprised that I know that song, right? Gene Simmons. Now listen, the lead, before there were spandex... And the big hair, and the makeup, and the big guitars, and the tongue. Gene Simmons was a sixth grade teacher in Harlem, New York. Now, you can determine if he took the right path or not. That's up to you. If you're a KISS fan, you're like, yeah, he took the right path, right? How about Brad Pitt? That Hollywood heartthrob. Never understood that, but he's been voted one of the sexiest men alive, I guess. Did you know that before he was the Hollywood heartthrob, Brad Pitt used to stand on a street corner wearing a chicken costume, announcing to customers that El Polo Loco restaurant was open? Yeah, that's the crazy chicken, right? How about Julia Childs? You know Julia Childs, they, they say she's probably you know, the grandmother of online cooking shows and she was the french cuisine famous french cuisine online tv cooking host did you know before she was a cooking host that she was an intelligence officer for the cia people change people change here's something i have learned and that i've experienced in my life and in real life if you're a jesus follower If you've chosen at one point in your life to follow Jesus and you're still following Him today, following Jesus is a journey that changes me for the better. People can change, especially when you know Jesus and you follow Jesus and you want to be like Jesus. You can see the change. Today I want to talk to you about a life that changed drastically It's the story of Peter, the Apostle Peter, the rock. The first week we talked about Jesus creating his church. He said, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Peter changed. His life was like night and day. His journey with Jesus was transformational and for the better. He tells us this. Others tell us this. That Peter changed peter's a great example for us today because the bible gives us so much material on peter's life 
I mean, Peter was everywhere. He was involved in Acts and with Paul. And he was involved at Pentecost. And Peter was involved at the crucifixion and the night before. And Peter was involved in the writing of Matthew and Mark. And Peter was just around. He was a leader in that church. And the Bible gives us a lot of material. But here's a little bit about Peter. He was a prominent figure in the Jesus movement. He was one of the original twelve. And not only was he part of the original twelve, but we know from Scripture that Jesus, even within the twelve disciples, had an inner circle of three. And Peter was one of them. Jesus looked up to Peter. Jesus counted on Peter. Jesus made Peter a leader of his movement. Peter had lots of ups and downs, but Peter was loud. Peter was pushy. Peter was outspoken. He was a leader. And in Peter's ups and downs, he had lots of wins and and losses. Peter didn't always get it right. and Maybe that's why I like Peter so much. He's a little rough around the edges. He often rushed into something before thinking it through. Remember when he walked on water? The other 11 disciples are huddled in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water. The storm's raging. They're scared to death. And Peter actually gets out of the boat and walks on water. He didn't think that through very well. Because it says he began to sink and Jesus saved him. Maybe that's why I like Peter so much. Peter failed on a lot of occasions. Think about it. The failures in the Bible are just the ones that Peter and Matthew and Mark and Luke and John told us about. Could you picture Peter sitting there with Matthew and Mark and John and Luke and they're writing the story and saying, hey Peter, can we tell this story when you... No, 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 don't tell that one. We only get to see the mistakes and the failures that Peter made and what they wrote about. We don't get to see the ones they didn't write about. Peter failed on so many occasions, but there is something about his failings that draws me in. It seems to me that although Peter stumbled, although Peter failed, although Peter didn't get it right, although Peter made mistakes, all Peter really wanted to do was impress Jesus. Peter's journey with Jesus started when Jesus walked along that shoreline that day and He called Peter's name. And He said, Peter, you're a fisherman, but I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Peter was called by Jesus to a journey of change. Jesus called Peter to join Him on the mission. He didn't know that. He didn't know what it was all about. He had no idea what was ahead of him three years, four years, five years, ten years. But there was something about Jesus that made Peter drop his nets and follow. Was Peter a fisher of men when Jesus called? No. Not even three years later was Peter a fisher of men. But Jesus called him and joined him on the journey anyway. Jesus called Peter to join him on the mission to change the world. He called Peter to an adventure, a journey. And what an a journey, what an adventure it was. For three years, Peter followed Jesus. 
For three years, Peter saw the miracles. He saw the water turn into wine. He saw the lame walk. He saw the blind see. He saw lepers healed. He saw the dead come out of the grave. And the run-ins with the religious leaders. He saw all of that. How he stumbled them and, and caught them and he outsmarted them. And He even saw hated tax collectors become beloved friends. Remember Zacchaeus? A wee little man up in a tree? A tax collector that everyone hated. His life was changed. And Matthew, one of the twelve, a friend and a close confidant of Peter, and one of those twelve disciples, changed. Jesus loved Peter and Peter loved Jesus, but Peter failed on so many points along the journey. And here are just a few of those potential journey-ending failures that, is meant, that are mentioned in the Bible. You remember when Jesus took the disciples out and He said, Who do you say that I am? And they go out and it's getting toward the end of the ministry. It's been almost three years and they still don't quite understand who Jesus is. But Peter's the one who stands up and he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, great, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you and that, fa- that, that, co- that confession that you've made. This is what I've been waiting for. You recognize me for who I am. And then Jesus begins to tell them, uh, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. They're going to kill me. I'm going to die. But I'm going to be in the grave for three days, and the third day I'm going to come out of the grave. And Peter stands up and he rebukes Jesus. Look what it says in Matthew 16, 22. Peter took him aside. Jesus, Jesus, you're the Son of God. Okay, I'm the Son of God. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We'll trust that, right, Peter? No, Peter takes him aside and he says, he begins to rebuke Jesus. He says, never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Next verse. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Failure number one. That is a potential journey-ending failure to have the Son of God, the person you're following, turn to you and call you basically a mouth of the devil. Peter didn't get it. He was ignorant. He was wanting just to protect Jesus. But he made a mistake. He failed to get the big picture. He failed. He misjudged. He misstepped. And how about the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus takes the three inner circle guys, and Peter's one of them, and they go up to this mountain, and it says that Jesus was transfigured. And it says his clothes became bright and shining white. And there was Elijah and Moses, and they were having a conversation with Jesus. And Peter just opens his mouth because he couldn't ever keep it shut. And look what he says. And I like how Mark 9 says it. He says this. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then Mark says, he did not know what to say. 
They were so frightened. And then the, the New Living Translation says this. It says, uh, Peter was the only one to open his mouth, right? And, the, and he says this. I don't have that version here. But he says, Moses, he says, he did not know what to say. So he just opened his mouth and put his foot in. How about when Jesus bent down, bent down to wash his disciples' feet? And it was Peter, the only one of the twelve, who said, Never, Lord. Look in John chapter 13, 8. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Now look what Jesus says. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Ouch. Peter's just getting it wrong all over the place. And then when Jesus was arrested, it was Peter who turned to violence. Peter took out his sword in John chapter 18, verse 11, and he struck the ear of that soldier and cut it off. And here's what Jesus says. He says, Jesus commanded Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Peter is still trying to protect Jesus, still trying to impress Jesus, but he's getting it wrong all over the place. And then there was the big one. The one that Peter's most famous for. His biggest failure of all time. A journey-ending potential failure. You remember the night that Jesus was being, before he was crucified, Peter's sitting around a fire, and he's just kind of hang out and see what's going to happen to Jesus. And somebody recognizes him. Now get this. A school-age servant girl recognizes Peter. And Peter proceeds to deny Jesus, even curse three times that he does not know Jesus. I've never met him. I do not know him. You've got this wrong. And that was the big one. Because when that rooster crowed three times, he remembered the night before when Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And I can imagine Peter sitting there around that fire when he denies the third time and that rooster crows and he looks up and Jesus turns and looks at Peter with those piercing eyes. He failed his best friend. He failed his Lord. He failed who he had just confessed to, the being the Son of God. And it really amazes me that Jesus did not give up on Peter. It amazes me that Jesus never gave up on any of them. And maybe there was someone else. You know, maybe Jesus could have said, well, maybe there's someone else who will follow me better. Maybe there's someone else who will love me better. Maybe there's someone else who can just get it better and be better at this journey, be better at this discipleship thing. But Peter was making mistakes all over the place. Here's something else that I've learned and experienced in my life is that failure creates disappointment. And disappointment creates insecurity. And insecurity makes me want to quit. Insecurity makes me not even want to be involved. Maybe your journey is a little bit like these guys in this next video I'm going to show you. 
Maybe you've been traveling for a while in this journey of life, and maybe this is a metaphor, but imagine the car on the journey. This is your life. Watch. All they want to do is get home. They're on this journey to get to their destination. And maybe your life feels and looks a little bit like these guys and the journey home. We don't always get it right. We fail to move when we need to move. We fail to see when we need to see. We fail to act when we need to act while our hearts are usually in the right place and we mean well, we don't always get it right. We miss opportunities. We misjudge. We misspeak. And instead of embracing, we push away. Instead of including, we offend. And maybe you've just made a lot of mistakes in your life and you're ready to give up. Like Peter, we get it wrong. And like Peter, there are times that we fail big. And like Peter, maybe there's even times that we sin. Following Jesus is not simply a couple of big moments in life, but it's a lifetime of transforming moments. It's a lifetime of learning from your mistakes and turning to the one that can make it right. A journey with Jesus is really like a marriage. There's a reason that Jesus uses the marriage metaphor when He talks about Him and explaining His relationship to His church. The wedding is a big moment, but the marriage is a lifetime of ups and downs. A journey with Jesus is like that marriage. The key, listen, Following Jesus is a journey that changes me for the better. But the key to that journey is not always getting it right, not being perfect. The key is when you fail, that you fail forward and not backwards. Peter always failed 
four words. Remember that big one when Peter gave up, turned his back on Jesus, gave that up for a moment? Peter's failure at the crucifixion might have been that one moment that ended it all for Peter and Jesus. It was a potential journey killer. And this is the thing this is the thing in your life that you just can't get over. That thing that you've done, that thing that you've made the big mistake that you can't seem to overcome, that thing that you think God will never love me because of this or someone will never love me because of this. It's that I'll never do that moment, right? And then you do it. Like Peter, I'll never deny you, Lord. And then he denies him. This is that failure that you live with for a lifetime. You see, Jesus dies. Imagine for a moment. Peter denies Jesus. He goes to the cross and dies. And now Peter is left for three days to live with that failure. Have you ever thought what was going through the mind of Peter in those three days? Have you ever wondered what that did to his heart, to his spirit, to his mind, to his body? Three days Jesus was in that grave. Can you imagine the disappointment, the guilt, the shame, the feelings of failure, the hopelessness, the I just want to quit because it's over. Jesus then is resurrected. Three days he comes back. And there's a passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 16 that I think gives us insight. I think what the angel told those ladies there that day gives us a huge insight into the heart and condition of Peter on the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. It says this, the angel said, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go and tell his disciples. And I look, and Peter. Now go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. How big is that? How awesome to know that Jesus doesn't give up on us. Jesus doesn't stop wanting us to be on the journey with him. Even though we get it wrong, even though we misstep, even though we misjudge, even though we fail, his invitation is the same as when Peter was standing there in the boat on the side of the shore. Peter, I want to make you a fisher of men. Jesus' invitation is the same. Follow me. Get up. Follow me. Don't go back. Don't go, but go forward toward me. Peter never lost his sight of Jesus. Peter went from the big, famous failure, ready to give it all up, standing on the street corner 50 days later and proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. Listen, and 3,000 people came to the Lord that day. Hey, Peter, 
I want to make you a fisher of men. That's a pretty big fishing day. And it all came through the failures of Peter to the redemption of Peter. Peter was born again. Peter was redeemed. Peter was forgiven. Peter learned what it meant to follow Jesus. Not through anything but his failures. Remember that Jesus called Peter. There's a passage of Scripture in Romans 11.29 that's really... Paul says this in Romans. He says, For God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. Jesus never gives up wanting to be in a relationship with you. You have a purpose. You have a meaning in life. God is calling you. Jesus sees it in you. Jesus sees beyond your failures, beyond your sin. Jesus sees beyond your mistakes. Jesus sees through your imperfect humanity. And He sees something that He can redeem and call out of you if you'll just go on the journey with Him. Jesus never gives up wanting a relationship with you. He's calling you to it. And He is willing to go the distance with you to find that meaning and purpose. To pull that like a flower coming out of the ground in the spring so your life can come up out of your failures. Jesus will never stop calling you to change for the better. But, it's always a but, right? You can't give up. You can't walk away. When you fail, you got to get up. When you make a mistake, you got to admit it. When you sin, you need to forgive and ask God's forgiveness for that. For the Bible teaches us if we'll confess our sins, Jesus is just and faithful and He will forgive us of all of our sins. Maybe you're thinking about walking away. Maybe at some point in your life you walked away. Maybe you gave up on the church. You gave up on Jesus. You just couldn't get it right. And you tried and you tried and you tried and you failed and you failed and you walked off the road of the journey that God called you to. Here's the thing. That call is not irrevocable. He's still calling you. But you've got to get up. You've got to get on the road. You've got to join Jesus Can people really change? Can I really change? Peter did. And the first disciples did. And billions and billions of people after have. I've changed for the better. My wife might not think so. No, she thinks so. But I've changed only because of her help with that. Happy Mother's Day, hon. I've changed for the better because of Jesus. Peter and the others did not always follow perfectly. And neither do I, and neither will you. There will always be a common denominator, though, in Peter's ups and downs and in your ups and downs and my ups and downs. The one thing that brought the change, the one thing that 
got me through, the one thing that overcame the failures, the transformation of my life, the one common denominator is this. It's Jesus. Peter never let go of Jesus. Even through his failures, he clung to Jesus. Jesus' love for Peter and Peter's love for Jesus brought growth and change in Peter's life. He never stopped wanting the relationship. Listen, following Jesus, following Jesus will change you for the better. So I want to challenge you today on this Mother's Day to stay on the journey, to keep going through all the ups and all the downs, all the missteps, all the misjudgments, all the mistakes, and even the sins. Don't give up. Don't walk away. See your relationship with Jesus as a journey that will have those ups and downs, those wins and losses, those rights and wrongs, those failures. But never let go of the one who brings the change. Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. I pray for those, Lord, who are watching, who are struggling with failures in life, regrets, disappointments. Maybe, Lord, they just feel like you're crazy if you call me to anything. I'm sure Peter felt, Lord, that there's got to be somebody better than me for this. But you called. And you entered into that relationship. And through that, Peter changed. He became that fisher of men. Over time. But it happened. And may it happen in our lives. If you're watching and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and life, there's a salvation slide that will pop up. You can fi- it's completely uh, private. I'll get an email. If you fill that out, uh, we'll reach out to you and connect with you and contact you and help you know more about Jesus. And uh, we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear how you're doing. Uh, reach out to us there online or through our Facebook or email is the best way maybe. Um, just connect with us. But God bless you. Never give up. Stay on the journey. And God will bring you through. Take care. Bye, everybody.